You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Heck, you can also follow me on TikTok. That's at Joe Kilgallen Comedy. Give this podcast a follow as well. That's simply at Locked On Cubs. All right, I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. I hope you're excited for your Monday. Going to tackle that week. Cubs have a huge series starting tonight in Milwaukee. But, of course, we have to recap the series that was. A series that started off fantastic with a combined no-hitter against the Los Angeles Dodgers behind Zach Davies and Ryan Tapera, Andrew Chafin, and Craig Kimbrell. That, of course, was Thursday night. I recapped that on the last podcast. And then the next three games of the series did not go the Cubs' way. The Cubs lost three out of four to the Los Angeles Dodgers, so that was a bummer. We'll be recapping that. I got a bone to pick with baseball's instant replay system, and I'll also be previewing the aforementioned Brewers series that starts tonight at Wrigley North. Yeah, I'm calling it Wrigley North. But, of course, this podcast is brought to you by Lockdown MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you, Lockdown MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Aram Layton, everybody, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Lockdown MLB Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Cubs fans, all right, it's uh, this, the month of June just keeps on giving you a little bit of hope and a little bit of sorrow. Just a lot of highs and lows this month. And and the committed listeners, who I cannot be more grateful for, I've been doing this podcast for a little over a month now, and I have been loving the ride. It has been an absolute joy to be able to have a daily conversation with Cubs fans, whether it's just me rambling into a microphone and you guys listening to it, which I cannot say thank you enough, or the interactions on Twitter and other social media apps, or... I've had the pleasure of going on the score 670 AM here in the Chicagoland area. It's a 10,000 watt station. You could probably get in, in as far as Missouri, Michigan, Iowa, all over the place in the Midwest. I was on Lawrence Holmes show on Friday talking about the no hitter. I was also on last Sunday night, uh, filling in with, uh, I was only on for a couple segments or so, but I was on the score with uh, Rami. I cannot pronounce your last name, dude. I feel so bad. He's a great guy, a uh, fellow comedian who uh, was filling in last Sunday night. So thank you. Uh, thanks for the score for having me on to talk Cubs. And thank you to all you listening. But again, I've been saying the month of June is a month the Cubs need to survive. Because we all know, looking at that schedule on June 1st, we're like, oh, this is a rough one. This is going to be a rough one because it was a lot of the cream of the crop. The top teams in the National League, the Cubs were going to butt heads with. And then the other side of that, the Milwaukee Brewers, a team that we were pretty much tied with to start the month. Maybe we were a game ahead to start the month. They had kind of a cakewalk. Now, I know at the end of the day, everything plays out the same. You, everyone, play, everyone in the NL Central will play essentially the same schedule. But the difference is this. The Cubs are in this weird storyline, this major league movie type storyline in which the players have to show the ownership that, hey, this is a winning ball club. Because it read in the offseason that maybe the ownership wanted to go a different direction. The Udarvis trade being prime example of that. And here's a side note. Non-tendering Kyle Schwarber 
<laughs> doesn't look like such a great move right now. As Kyle Schwarber has hit 13 home runs in the month of June. He is second in the National League in home runs behind Fernando Tatis. He has been on an absolute tear, 22 home runs now, on pace for damn near 50, it feels like. Uh, hitting the ball well, too. I, I mean, not just home runs. He's, he's sprinkling some singles and doubles in there. And we love Schwarber. Of course, as Cubs fans, how can you not love Kyle? Jock has been a nice player. I I was irked by the non-tendering because it's a move that a major market team like the Cubs do not do. It's a move that the Minnesota Twins, that's a move they'd make. The Minnesota Twins non-tendered Rosario, their left fielder, who, who was a solid left fielder, actually had 32 home runs for them uh, in 2019. That's expected of that market. The Cubs, a major, major market, one of the most valuable franchises in baseball, fourth, I believe. They were named on Forbes' list of most valuable major league franchises. That's not a move the Cubs should make. Now, a lot of you saying, well, now it's time to, for him to go. Yeah, I get that, but you still you secure the contract and you trade him somehow. Now, the argument can be made there's not really much value there and all that, but I, I think they could have gotten something. I still love Kyle's game, and I really thought the second half of 2019 – is the guy that we've seen so far in 2021 and 2020. Yes, he was bad, but there was a lot of really, really good hitters across both leagues that were bad in 2020. Nolan Arenado had a terrible 2020 Pete Alonzo of the Mets, bad 2020 Christian Yelich, terrible 2020. We all know Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, the list goes on a lot of big, big names had some awful seasons. And I think as fans, we forget, Hey, look, the pandemic was hard on everybody. And, of course, these are major league baseball players in hotels playing Xbox, and, and I'm sure they got all the PlayStation 5s they wanted as soon as that came out. But normally, in a long season, everybody goes through highs and lows. Typically, when you're in a, in a rough patch, you're not playing well, you try to take your mind off it somehow. Maybe you uh, hit up a gentleman's club, right, and do gentlemanly things. Maybe you go to the casino, throw the dice. You take your mind off of your woes at the plate. That really couldn't happen during the 2020 pandemic season because there was tough restrictions, which was good. You wanted to make sure that didn't spread. But I feel like for some of the players, when they got themselves into that rut, it got really it messed with their heads way more so than in any other season. And I'm not making an excuse, of course, but there are reasons. I hate that. There's, there's some people out there who'd be like, oh, that's just an excuse. I'm like, no, sometimes it's a reason. Remember, I had a baseball coach once. Sophomore year of high school, I was late to practice. I thought practice started at 1.30. I showed up at 1.35. It turns out practice started at 1, so I was 35 minutes late, even worse. Either way, as I'm, as I'm jogging up out of breath to the field, coach says to me, hey, Joe, what's your excuse this time? And number one, I'm like, I don't have an excuse. I have a reason. And so I said, excuse. It's, it's called a reason. Why am I? Here's the reason for being late. He's like, oh, all right. All right, wise guy. Huh? What's your reason? And I go, well, I had car trouble. He's like, all right, well, what's the trouble? I'm like, I don't have a car. I had to take the bus. Buses are slow. You've been on the CTA. Unpredictable, these buses. Either way, I had to run laps the whole practice. Wasn't fun on my end. But Schwarber, you got to root for him. I'm sorry. Anyone who was a part of the World Series team, I got to root for. That man hit 412 in the World Series. He came back from a devastating injury that cost him his whole second season. Came back like a gamer. Missed that guy. We'll always root for Kyle Schwarber. 
It's a shame he's not doing it in our uniform. The Cubs didn't need balance, so I agree with the idea of, hey, we need different player profiles, which is why we're seeing the offense struggle right now. Because if I could recap this series at all, it is the offensive woes the Cubs run right now. You know, we've, we're seeing a little bit here or there, like little signs where I'm like, oh, they're about to break out. Chris Bryant had that home run on Thursday, and I remember saying, I'm like, I feel like this breakout's coming because he was 0 for 2 the game before with a couple of walks. So I'm like, it's, it's going to happen. Not much the rest of the weekend at Chris Bryant. Javier Baez hit a home run, but still looked bad in other plate appearances. And some shoddy defense that led to a couple of runs, too. The Cubs lost last night by a score of 7-1. to one. Six runs charged to Adbert Alzali, who had pitched great against the Dodgers before, but did not have his secondary pitch going at all. That slider had nothing to it today. I don't know what was going on with him. With I don't, I don't think there's anything with the grip with that. Because his previous start, he was a little shaky with the home run ball, but the breaking pitch looked good. It was some tight spin, and you know they were definitely checking then. So I'm not. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I just think he had an off day and couldn't. He got close to figuring it back out. You know, after he gave up the grand slam, he got a couple quick outs, then the air by Baez, and then Bellinger comes through. So it was one of those things where you're like, ah, that doesn't happen for nothing. Maybe he, you know, he guts it out for a couple more innings. The fastball was had a lot of life to a 95 96. But again, without a secondary pitch, a tough lineup like the Dodgers are going to feast on you. That's just, that's the nature of the beast. You know what I'm saying? So the hitting, though, you can't just keep scraping out a couple runs here or there and expect for anything to happen. Now, before I get into my gripe with Major League Baseball's instant replay system and how I believe the Cubs did get screwed, get hosed, get whatever you want to call it in Saturday's game. In which, yeah, if they would have had that one, they split the series. It's, you know, you're feeling a little bit different as a fan, feeling a little bit more confident. Because the Cubs are in this situation now where we have a, a monstrously big series against the Milwaukee Brewers starting tonight at, uh, what's it, America Family Ballpark or something like that. I, don't know. I know Miller's also a corporate name, but Milwaukee Miller Beer, it all ties together. It's these stadium name changes. I feel like I'm a grumpy old man whenever I think of these name changes going on. You know, it'll always be Miller Park to me. And I'm sure there's some old dude out there who's like, I remember when it was County Stadium. That was a different stadium, though. I guess you can make that argument. Miller Park is a cool ballpark, though. I'll give you Brewers fans that. The pitching itself was fine overall. Even Jake Arrieta bounced back. He eked out two runs in five innings. Now, two runs in five innings isn't technically a quality start, but I feel like by today's standards in baseball, that's a quality start. You get five innings out of your starter with the dynamite bullpen we have. You'll take that. Only two earned. Keeps you right in the game. Alec Mills battled. You know, he's been kind of going back and forth between bullpen, starter, AAA. So only four innings out of him, couple runs. You'll take it. You know, he gave up eight hits, but still grinded it out, kept you in the game. Bullpen does what the bullpen does. So, again, giving you chances. This lineup needs different bats. And Nico Horner... Started his AAA rehab assignment last night in Des Moines. Went one for two, only played four innings, probably easing him back. I'm thinking maybe they give him two more games, and then he he's back. Maybe he could be back for the third game of the Brewers series, but he cannot come back soon enough. Duffy cannot come back soon enough. Because at the beginning of the month of June, as Cubs fans, again, we saw the tough schedule. We're like, all right, go 500. And the Cubs right now, if they win two of the next three, will finish 500. And there will only be two games out of first to start the month of July. I like that. That's a good spot to be in. They should be buyers under that. But it's also gone from beginning of June. We need a starter. That's what everyone's saying. We need to start a pitching. Maybe two starting pitchers. 
Now it's, I think we need a starting pitcher and a bat and maybe, maybe two starting pitchers. I don't know. I don't know. I, I still think one high end doesn't have to be an ace ace, but, and we'll get to that. We'll get to some of the names. I've floated the name Jonathan Gray around. I've floated the name Max Scherzer, of course. He'd be the big fish to get, but the Nationals are playing a lot better right now, so who knows what their plans are. He's got a weird contract. I will have a whole episode soon dedicated to trade deadline talk as July is approaching. Don't you worry about that, Cubs fans. You'll hear all about it. All right, we all know we should be eating more fish to get our omega-3s and protein, but the seafood counter can be intimidating, right? You don't know what's what. What's that fish taste like? The guy behind the counter is like, tastes like fish. It's like, hey, buddy, let's let's uh, let, let's cut the nonsense. It's a legit question. You know what type of cut do you get? Can you really be sure about the quality too? So get this, Wild Alaskan Company takes the guesswork out of buying wild-caught seafood. Now, I have tried Wild uh, Alaskan Company fish. Fantastic. I'm not kidding. I am not a good cook. Now, I know this is a podcast, and some of you listening might not know what I'd look like. I kind of I look like Bobby Flay. I get it a lot. Look me up, Joe Kilgallen on Instagram. I look like Bobby Flay. You think I know how to cook? I don't know how to cook. But I grilled up some of a wild Alaskan on the salmon. Unbelievable. So right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's right. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box, wildalaskancompany.com. All right. I mentioned having a bone to pick with Major League Baseball. Yet again, I do. Previous podcast, I talked about how the blackout restrictions are crazy. I got Cubs fan friends in LA. I was like, you see that combined no hitter? They're like, no, I didn't see it. Couldn't watch it because I pay for, they pay for MLB.tv, but they couldn't see it because the Cubs were in their area. So it was blacked out. And it's like, why? Why are you making it harder for someone to consume your product? How crazy is that? Now, Saturday's game against the Dodgers. Fox national game, which I like the Fox broadcast better than ESPN's broadcast. MLB's instant replay system is a bad. I don't like it. Saturday's game against the Dodgers, Jason Hayward hit what looked like a home run. The third base umpire who was eyeing it immediately without hesitation, pointed fair and did the home run little twirl thing, which I don't know how that became home run. I think, I think it means round all the bases. They do this like finger in the air. It's almost like the old early nineties, like whoop de doo but it's the home run call. He did it easy. Then there, for some reason, he starts talking to the other umpires. He starts getting doubt in himself. No confidence, this umpire. And the umpiring wasn't great as a whole. But again, I, I, you can't complain about it every series, although you'd be right to. And they get together and then they go. They decide to call it foul. Then they have the re- review. So now normally when you do the review, you take the original call on the play and there has to be indisputable evidence that the call to be for it to be overturned. All right. So like without a shadow of a doubt, basically. So it is, that's what makes it essentially harder to overturn. They don't go into it with an open mind. They go into it th- saying, Oh, well you called it a home run. So we have to really see stuff to make sure it's not a home run, but they re- reverse it to foul. So now going into it, they have to find evidence to prove that it's fair. Even though the original call was fair. Then they come back and go, no, it's foul. Yeah, he, he, we got it right. He originally had it wrong. And then he changed his mind. We got it right. And, it's like, what? And I really wish there would have been more of a stink from like the Cubs dugout, but I guess they just trusted the video camera. But I know the TV announcers and the radio announcers will remind us, the viewer and listener, 
that who's ever in New York for in the Major League Baseball's offices doing the reviews for this, which by the way, sweet gig, I'd like to apply for that job. They get a different camera angle than the rest of us, apparently, which you know what? I'm calling BS on. Why wouldn't you want us all to see that, especially the viewer at home? I understand maybe not showing it to the people in the ballpark because you don't want to riot or something like that. But I don't know. It just doesn't. I, I don't. I don't. I think it's a lie. I don't think they have different camera angles. I think sometimes they have idiots back there who just go, I think he was out or say, yeah. Oh, I didn't see what other people saw with their eye. I don't because some of these calls don't make sense. And this isn't a Cubs homer thing either. I'm sure there have been fans of other teams who are like, no way. What? How do you call that guy out? He was clearly safe. Look, the hand right there. What, what are you seeing that I'm not? And then I think Major League Baseball officials are like, remind the viewer that we've got more camera angles than they do. Really? What do they got? They got a horner, a hornet, a horn. I can't talk. They got a hornet with a, a little camera on its wings. Huh? What do they got? They got some weird spy stuff. Do the umpires all have like, like cameras, like the like police have on their on them body cams? Is that what they have? What are we What are we missing? Why can't we, as the viewers, see that? Because all you're doing is making people question you and have little faith in your system. It's dumb, and I really wish wish Major League Baseball would stop hurting their own product. Make it simple. The NFL doesn't have anything where they're like. Well, I mean, the NFL's got stupid rules that complete the catch. And there are plenty of times where, like, that's a catch. I don't, I don't get the NFL. Why wide receivers have to basically get a signed note from their mother saying that they caught the football. Running backs, the nose of the ball breaks the plane and it's automatically a touchdown. I don't understand that. It's a whole, I got to go on one of the lockdown NFL podcasts and complain about that. But it, it, I still, you see every angle. I don't think they're hiding angles. I've never watched it where I'm like, oh, what did they know? I've never heard an NFL announcer say there's a different camera angle. Maybe I'm wrong. Tweet at me if I'm wrong on this, and the NFL does have a different angle. But I just find that hard to believe. Every angle I've seen, you see the ball disappear behind the pole. Now, there's a new angle that someone showed where it looked like maybe it went in front. But I'm hearing I, there was a couple people, even a Dodger fan tweeted out going, I'm next to the guy who caught it. We were in fair territory. I mean, Dodger Stadium has a weird little kind of a hooks a little bit right there kind of like the right field pole in Fenway. But it was enough where everyone, no one, here's the thing too. When it was called a home run initially, I didn't see any Dodger fans in that area put their hands up screaming. Or usually when it's close, fans in an area will point foul right away to try to tell the umpire, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? And it was plenty of hometown. I saw more LA hats than Cub hats in that section. So it just, I don't know. I just think that's another example whether it's blackout restrictions causing fans not to be able to watch their favorite teams regardless of where they live. Again, this isn't 1982. We have the internet now. Use that, baseball. This blackout stuff is so stupid. The Blackhawks used to do that under their previous owner that no one liked. They had it where home games were never televised in Chicago because he believed if you lived in the city, you should be at the game. Well, that's funny because you don't have a stadium that has 2 million people, you dope. And if anything, it hurt the product. If if I'm watching the game at home and I see all these people having fun, I go, oh, I want to go down there. I want to go down to the Madhouse on Madison and catch a Blackhawks game because that looks like a lot of fun. But if I'm not seeing it regularly, out of sight, out of mind. And I think that's a way to turn off some fans. 
whether people admit it or not, you're fans because your dad's a fan or your mom's a fan, your parents, you know, it gets instilled in you at a young age. So your family might move. I lived in Los Angeles for three years from 2014 to 2017. If for whatever reason I end up moving back to LA or, or I end up in New York or another city, I'm not, I'm raising my kids to be Cubs fans. Now, if their friends are fans of the local team and they have to go to, and they're like, Hey, we go to, yeah, fine. But I'm still going to try to, you know, bleed cubby blue in this house. That's what I'm going to do. But if they make it difficult on me, there's going to be times where I could feel like they'll be probably disinterested. It's just a bad strategy going forward. And I just hate that the game I love is constantly doing dumb things. Built Bar, everybody. Did you know that Built Bar has nine flavors? Delicious. Some of them are limited time, but they've got these solid flavors. I'm a big fan of them. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie. That's my favorite. That's my jam. Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. And here's my favorite thing about Built Bar. Okay. Cause there's a lot of these, these other, you know, nutrition bars, energy bars, whatever you want to call them that say, Hey, you start your day off with us, your pre-workout, whatever you need, we'll get you going and all that kind of stuff. We're healthy, but they're not that healthy. They're not built bar is though 17 grams of protein. I feel strong. Just saying that out loud, only 130 calories. And here's the thing I love the most four grams of sugar. You can walk off four grams of sugar going around the block. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's right. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right, Cubs fans, let's talk about this Milwaukee Brewers team that we are now looking up at. The Chicago Cubs sit three games back in the standings, four back of the wild card. We are four. And six of our last 10. That's not good. Lost three in a row. Not great either. We are plus 17, which is better than the Brewers, plus 11 as far as run differential. Uh, our expected win loss is 41 and 37. They're 40 and 38, so they should be looking up at us, really. Uh, just because a couple of tough games right there. And uh, we will play them tonight. Like I said before, uh, the Cubs offense needs to get it going. We are just not going to go anywhere without this offense. Uh, second place again, though, second place in three games back. And yet because of the narrative of the local media, whether it was Jesse Rogers or Paul Sullivan for ESPN and Chicago Tribune respectively, or just some of the stuff that we believe from the off season. And again, I mentioned before the off season is different than now. Now we have hundred percent capacity Cubs fans in the off season. The Cubs were slashing payroll. I brought it up with Darvish and Schwarber. There seemed to be a memo from the ownership to the front office going, we need to bring this payroll way down because it wasn't about just getting under the luxury tax. The luxury tax is $210 million. The Cubs could have kept Schwarber and Darvish and even signed Arietta and Jock and still been about 35 to $40 million under the luxury tax. Those signings would have made sense if we would have kept Darvish or Schwarber. But still, the luxury tax was not a concern whatsoever. So to bring that, all that money down, we're about $155 million, so well, well, well under the luxury tax. And that was a lot of them saying, well, we didn't know if there'd be fans. Well, now you have fans. There's just no excuse. Okay? Three games back, second place, four out of the wild card. The Dodgers are farther from first place. They're in the wild card spot. Don't get me wrong. But the Dodgers are three and a half game back. Of, of the Giants and one game up. I don't hear any Dodger fans saying, well, maybe we should be selling at the deadline. Granted, 
longer term contracts sit with the Dodgers. Obviously, Betts is there for a while. They got Bellinger for a couple more years. Seager's on a one year deal. Turner two uh, another year or two. But again, it's just different mindsets. I feel like we let our local media, and maybe they got word from on high that this is the way it's going to go. But we let them push this narrative that maybe we should be sellers instead of buyers. I refuse to believe it. Now, obviously, if we're eight games back on July 31st, I would, of course, believe we should sell. At that point, I'm not crazy. But in the same regard, I don't believe a rebuild should begin. I believe then come October, whatever, whenever the offseason officially begins, we should be looking heavily to becoming one of the best or one of the highest spenders in the offseason. Because we have very little committed to payroll. Just saying, we need to start acting like a major market team. I know it's a point I've been making every other podcast, but I feel like it can't be said enough. Now, the Brewers, everybody, have won seven of their last 10, beating up on the likes of the Rockies and Dodgers. They've won five in a row. Cubs are next. And uh, yeah, they got some They got some big... The pitching is what really is impressive with the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, I like to, I like to joke around and say, call it Wrigley North and all that stuff, but the Brewers really have been a well-run organization lately. They've been really smart about how they've drafted their team and their pitching. And what they've done a really good job with are these short-term deals. Now, they've famously signed Yelich to a long-term deal after trading for him, which I feel like the Marlins were kind of giving away players at that point. I really wish the Cubs would have taken advantage, but that was when we first started not buying anybody. And they and they picked up uh, the center fielder, who's really strong too, and then, well, Jackie Bradley Jr. has been playing terrible for them. Um, and, you know, Wong's been good. But these are short-term deals, both two-year deals for each of them. So th- these are nice little stopgaps that don't really hurt your organization too long-term. And for a mid, mid-spending mid team, I guess, they're not like too low, but they're not really – they're not in that upper tier. They're kind of like average payroll across baseball. So I, I will give them credit for running their team like that. Peralta is going against Hendricks tonight. Hendricks has been phenomenal, winning eight in a row. He has 10 and four in the year, 3.84. ERA should be lower if you minus those brave starts. Peralta has been phenomenal. He's part of their big three. He's seven and two with a 2.11 earned run average. Again, it's a tough matchup. I just feel like the Cubs are due to break out against this guy because there's not a lot about stuff wise that isn't unhittable. You know, he's not like Woodruff is phenomenal, 1.89 earned run average. He's just got such great command. He reminds me of Walker Bueller in a sense where, yeah, that fastball's got life to it, 97, 98, but it's the fact that he's always in the zone. He'll throw that 97-mile-an-hour fastball, you know, knee-high outside corner in the zone. He'll throw it chest-high in the zone. It's always in the zone, but never consistently the same spot, but always right there. And then uh, they got Burns, who's beatable, but still has near in the twos. So, like, it's just a team that's got a lot of studs right now. And it's a, it's the way we have this killer bullpen, they have that starting rotation. They also have a strong bullpen, too. Although the Cubs have gotten to them at times. They've gotten to Hayter. They've gotten to Williams. And uh, Craig Council will use that bullpen in a strange way. Every now and then, he'll bring in one of their better pitchers in a game where it's like, why? And then the Cubs will play him well and then he's not that pitcher's not a hater there's been times where haters not available the next day because we got a 30 pitch inning and two-thirds out of him for whatever reason so i'm hoping the cubs just grind it out against him that's what needs to happen the cubs could take two out of three that needs to be the focus win series get back to winning series then we're facing cincinnati who have been playing better of late but 
are also a team that hasn't played well against teams with winning records. Uh, the key to beating the Brewers, again, is you got to get to their starters a little bit early. And that's been the key for the Cubs, period. You get a couple runs early, get our pitchers up to the fifth or sixth inning, and then the bullpen takes it over. That's just the way it is. If we have a lead, I feel like if we have a lead through six innings, you're confident. That's how good the Cubs bullpen has been, and that's how we need to remain if we're going to win this series. All right, Cubs fans, that has been the Lockdown Cubs podcast for Monday, June 28th. I hope everyone has a great Monday and a great rest of the week. As always, let's go Cubs. Check out Lockdown Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.